Welcome to Life on Pause, a podcast defining the experience of being a young adult with cancer. Each episode, we explore issues impacting young adults in and after treatment. Like what you hear? Have something to add? Come join us for next month's recording, the third Tuesday at 6 p.m. You know, our podcast is called Life on Pause. So whether you're treated as a teen, diagnosed as a teen or a young adult, what parts of your life were paused when you were diagnosed? Yeah, I can speak to that first. The parts of my life that were really paused during the uh, diagnosis and treatment has been kind of the, what you would consider the stepping stones of life. Uh, We were planning on buying a house. We were planning on kind of starting a family and everything kind of got put right now. While my partner and I, we work on uh, just getting through this cancer. So a lot of those kind of big steps had to be paused for the time being. For me, I was attending a community college at the time and getting ready to start a four-year. So that kind of cut that off right at that point. And I had to wait a couple of years on that. For me, it was 10th grade got put on pause. And it was just strange because all my school ended up getting pushed back to the summer. And then some of my teachers kind of stopped giving me work to do and just assumed I was going to repeat the 10th grade. So that was really unfortunate. I ended up finishing all the work, so that was good. But it not only affected school, but it affected friendships. A lot of my friends had no idea how to react to me being diagnosed. So a lot of those friendships changed. I even lost some of them. I think one of the biggest things for me was my work. I mean, I found out later talking to someone from, well, I work for a bank. So I talked to like when my, like someone else I knew within the bank that was like, yeah, that's how I found out that you were sick was because like I told that person's boss is Julian that she was like, oh, well, I said they had a position open, which would have been a promotion for me. And they were like, yeah, like I want Emily as that, that person knew. And they were like, oh, well, we can't get her because she's still at the bank, but like she's on leave right now. I think for me, it was mostly like getting back to some sort, and I'm going to, I hate this word, but normalcy and going from being off treatment the first time until about two years after when I started my freshman year of high school. And then 20 something days within the freshman year, I ended up relapsing. So I was like kind of getting used to planning ahead, doing different things like that. And all of that was paused and took kind of a strong regression back to kind of working back to where I, where I was before. Yeah, I would say for me, it's mostly, it was mostly work related. It was right after graduating college. So it just felt like a gap year in between that and starting work. So I think that's the biggest thing. I was 16 when I was diagnosed. So I was 10th grade, I guess, middle of high school. So work, school was put on hold. But when I like look back, I feel like the biggest thing that I felt was like at a standstill was finding my identity, if that makes sense. Because 16 is like a big year, like figuring out who you are. And then all of a sudden, everyone was treating me like cancer was like who I was supposed to be now. And that's what's taken the longest to like figure out too, because I was trying so hard to not be like someone with cancer that now 
figuring out where that fits in my life is like something that I'm like trying to work through <laughs> because it is part of who you are, but it's not like the the whole thing. That was difficult. I was a senior in high school halfway through the year. So that was, that was kind of rough the senior year. I started doing chemotherapy and um, it went on for like a year and a half. So a lot of my friends that summer went off to college. I was kind of still stuck in my house going through treatment. So that was a hard time or like kind of like early, like um, the identity crisis where um, while my friends are off leaving, I'm doing chemo. So I guess it was a hard time trying to adjust to that. And that really being kind of paused at 18, especially in life when you're making that stepping stone to adulthood, that was definitely a pain to deal with. So. Yeah. Did anybody resonate with something else that they wanted to bounce off of when they heard someone share their experience? I really resonated with what Gabby was saying about like how suddenly like everyone's treating you like, you know, cancer is part of your identity. And I think for me, like it really has become that, but it's just, it's definitely very interesting having people be so focused on that aspect of you and know you for that. And I think to bounce off, even off that is like you being the one to decide about it, not necessarily someone else being the one to decide about it. To bounce off that too. I think getting the diagnosis kind of definitely with your identity, it becomes, because it's such a big thing that happens. It, become something where it's impossible to just say, oh, that was a thing that happened. And, you know, it becomes so entwined with who you are, but it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be the only thing that defines you. But for some people, I know so-and-so, they got cancer. It becomes this identifier and trying to figure out who you are above the identifier and above that, because I, I like to say, I'm still the same person yesterday the next day I got the diagnosis, but I'm still the same person. I just, things have changed just a little bit in the last 24 hours. I'd like to explore it even further. Is there a positive in some things being paused? It has something, was something paused that maybe was going the wrong way? Anybody? It was like a positive in one way. Like, I feel like the one thing that was like good about it was like my boyfriend got to know my family more than he would have if it would have just been like a traditional come over to our house, stuff like that. It was more like they see him every day. It's very interesting. For me, the positive that I look at is I was going to move to Chicago and I didn't really know anyone there. So I now landed in Philly with where my girlfriend lives or a bunch of my friends from college live. So for me, that was that turned out to be a huge positive. And I love Chicago. Would love to go there someday. But for me, I'm, I'm very happy with where I landed. I can say there's not many positives in my mind about, about uh, having cancer. But the thing is, it has made me stop. And it has made me take care of myself more than I had been before. So that is definitely a positive to the pausing. And it's kind of like it's, it's mandated self-care. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting, too, like even looking now, like a lot of my pause is happening now, not necessarily like then it's happening now to reflect on the past, but also kind of slow myself down on to focus on the future, which may never have happened initially when I was diagnosed either time. Well, Brady's question kind of gets us into, um, I think, our third question on the agenda, but I'm going to skip ahead because you know, the outside world puts this spin on the cancer patient that has a lot of kind of feel good, um, positive, kind of you're brave, you're a fighter, you're courageous, 
oftentimes those are kind of also identities given to you. Like you talked about, oh, I became the cancer person. Everybody puts these like um, qualities on you as well. And so our, the question is, what parts of your experience lined up with those words and, and what parts didn't? I think for me, I never really felt brave or courageous. I was like, I'm just showing up to chemo. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. I was 15. I didn't really have a choice. Like my mom's like, okay, time to get up. We have to go. You have chemo. I just did what I had to do. I didn't think I was brave, but now everybody's like, oh my gosh, Kayla, you're so brave. You're amazing. You have so much courage. I'm like, I don't think so. I just did what I had to do, but thank you. Yeah. Like I almost never felt afraid at the times when I probably should have. It was just what was happening. We were doing cancer at that point. Oh, there was a problem. Well, it's okay. We'll take care of it. I feel like it's not so much bravery. It's just like accepting what your life is at the moment. I've heard the term, all the term, um, like fighter and all these other words that kind of be that. And I feel like for some people, it gives them strength and it helps them through it. I have a hard time because, you know, there are people that do the best they can. And it sometimes it's kind of like, you know, I just kind of want to survive. <laughs> I just want to get through it more than it is like, you know, you're a hero, you're a fighter. It's kind of just, I just kind of want to get, I want to be normal. <laughs> I like the word that Brady likes so much. You know, if I didn't have to choose this, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I wouldn't. So it's like kind of like, you know, putting that identity on it, it kind of like messes with, messes with my head a little bit. But I, I, I kind of, I've heard thriver instead. And I, sometimes I like that one a little bit because it's like, no matter what you're doing, you're getting through it and you're, you know, making the best of a bad situation. So. Yeah. I feel like it's more of a, like, like, I guess just because like you have more to deal with, just like more appointments good, just stuff like that. That can be really annoying. So like, you can just say like, oh, like you kept your cool. Like you probably got annoyed that you have time that there are appointments that you didn't have two years ago but good for you i guess one word i don't hear but i feel like it's been something i've had to work on is patience just because it's a long ongoing process and that's not something i think is commonly associated with it but i think i've i've had to learn to be very patient and it takes time that's one i wasn't expecting so Casey segued us into this, this idea of what words or images would you use to describe someone who's experiencing life with cancer? So like maybe a more accurate ask one to use would be being taught patience through a lot of different things. What are some other maybe unexpected images or words you would use to describe someone? Maybe like endurance or enduring, just because like, it's something you continually have to go back to every day and deal with it. Not something you get a break from and you don't have a choice, but yeah, get up every morning and keep going through chemo. Something I've noticed about it is getting the diagnosis and kind of going through that kind of makes you look at the world differently and it makes things look a little bit different. So I'd say it adds maybe a little bit of wisdom. <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. A little bit of wisdom and a little bit of more uh, forethought on things and definitely like future type of things as well as where you are right now. I think it gives you a little bit more like being content. You see people like get upset over things that seem small, when, like to you in the moment when you're just like people have like bigger problems. 
um, and they're not like reacting half as hard as that. For me, Lauren hit it right on the head. Like thriver is the word that I use every single day in my life, but I don't like, I don't use it as just the individual that was battling or the individual that is battling. Cause I think it expands far beyond that. The different care teams, the doctors, the nurses, the family members, everybody, as well as the people that don't make it, unfortunately. Um, you know, we have many individuals that we know or, you know, friends even that unfortunately lose their battle. And in our modern day society, they're coined, they're coined not as a survivor. They're kind of just there and we don't get the chance to recognize them, but their memory could honestly be making a bigger difference in the world than someone that may have survived cancer, but really kind of took it very negatively. And not that there's anything wrong with that. And it's obviously how they choose, but I choose that word because I think it encompasses so much more of what individuals that change the world by battling cancer actually do. And for the future of those who battle. I personally get it going off what Brady said. I personally hate when people say that they lost their battle because if anything, they took it with them. I hear that term and it kind of makes me sad because it's like, I don't think they did. I don't think they did. And I'd say kind of as the flip to bravery is, is vulnerability. It's an incredibly vulnerable experience that I think you're also forced into and, and have to learn to be comfortable with over time. I would also say maturity. So, I mean, you grow up very quickly, regardless if, you know, in my case, I was eight years old originally and then 14 when I relapsed. So, you know, I think a lot of my life kind of went fast forward very, very quick. And I'm sure for everybody else, it went very, very quick as well. Um, you kind of go from, instead of worrying about, like you said, the little things in life, it goes to worrying about, you know, am I going to be alive tomorrow or the next day or the next day uh, moving forward? That's very interesting, actually. Would anyone else who is on the younger side be willing to, to chime in? Because at least I know I was a little bit older, so I hope I was getting more mature, but um, don't know if I was fully there, but hope I was close enough. Yeah, I imagine that would have to be very tough at a younger age. Would, would anyone else be willing to share on that? Yeah, I would agree with you. Because um, I was 17 when I was diagnosed, so it's kind of a, that's the age where you're, you're kind of young and you're healthy and you're always, you're living the moment, you never think about tomorrow. Whereas, yeah, when I was done with cancer, I really put things, really put things for perspective where I started, um, I was on like a diet, I'd be really careful with my meds and it kind of took away that, um, I guess the saying is that ignorance is bliss. Once I was going through that chemotherapy, it just really, it kind of, yeah, really put things in perspective where I'm not like, I'm definitely kind of had to face your um, mortality in a way. So yeah, it was, it was hard. Now, I mean, I'm, now I'm 25 in a way. I still feel a lot older than my friends, where I don't feel quite as young and healthy as I naive as my other friends. That's very funny because I think it's the same thing as, when you look at someone else in your age group and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, that's so unhealthy. Um, but totally would not have phased me just a few years ago. Yeah. I, I understand that. I feel like me personally, I was also like a little bit more, I guess like reckless right after just because I was like, Oh, well, like my whole life was like surrounded by like going to appointments and stuff like that. And then like after it was, not so like structured like that anymore i was just like oh i can do whatever i want and then i was just like oh i probably shouldn't do that but i definitely think at least Earl, i was a little bit more i guess careless i'm picking up on casey's question um one question i had was for the teens especially 
the setting of cancer treatment, you're like suddenly removed from your, your school setting where you'd be around people your age. And you're the focus of all these adults and all these experts. And you're also spending more time with parents. So all these professionals in the medical field and your parents are all grown-ups. So I'm wondering what kind of impact that may have had, if any, on your growing up. For me, I spent a lot of time with my mom. So I think that our my relationship with her grew a lot. And I think I'm more like her now than I was before, just because I was able to pick up more of her like mannerisms, spending eight hours a day sitting in the clinic, just getting chemo. I think I definitely matured quicker than like some of my friends and my perspective on everything is uh, definitely different than people that are my age. I think it's because I had to learn what it's like to face something as difficult and as like deadly as cancer. Whereas like, so I'm 21 now. Most people my age don't really think about that. They're thinking about, oh, when's the next party? Well, not right now because that'd be really bad to go to a party. But um like a normal, a normal year, uh, they're thinking like, when's the next party or what's for dinner? I'm like, I, I don't know. I think I definitely matured and it affects all my friendships and stuff with the way I look at like what people are doing. Not like that I'm frowned upon them. But I don't know. Just different perspective, I guess. Kind of like what Emily said at first. So like, as soon as I got to school I was kind of like you know live for the moment like I don't really care what happens whatever happens happens and it took me till I like found someone else to really stop myself and you know kind of reevaluate what the future looks like and not that I was crazy crazy but I think I, I did some maybe things that I may not do but obviously that was part of the college process that and just like growing up in general as well but do I regret anything? No, I do not. But I definitely think it was that carpe diem kind of seize every single moment mentality that was taught because I was not allowed to explore and kind of couldn't do things growing up uh, moving forward. It was interesting for me because, you know, I was 18 at the point that time. So I was like working a part time and starting a community college. So I was feeling like I was just at that point where I was really getting independent and getting out there on my own. And then all of a sudden it got shifted back to suddenly like, you know, sometimes I can't, couldn't even get my own breakfast in the morning. And like my mom had to drive me everywhere. So it was like, it was really interesting feeling like I was suddenly getting pushed back from being that like point of independence to suddenly almost like I was like 10 again. I liked what you said to Kayla about like your relationship with your mom. Cause I feel the same way with my mom. Like we talk every single day. It's one of those things that continues to grow stronger and stronger. And there's certain things that we'll laugh about that no one else will ever understand because we laughed in the hospital and it was the stupidest thing in the world. Um, but looking back, so I think, you know, those relationships with both my parents, especially my mom will continue to grow. And with my siblings as well, it's just, you know, some of the strongest bonds that I'll ever have moving forward and friendships. You just, you know, kind of get the infectious love, like you choose who you love in life and the people that you, you do choose the love in life are stronger pieces of love than you'll ever, you know, give to anybody else. I also know that there's other experiences of spending so much time with your parents when you're a teen. Um, I'm glad to hear that for some of you really strengthened those relationships, but I would be 
amiss, remiss, if I did not mention that it's that often it has a really successful impact on those relationships because of what you're going through. Um, and you're suddenly spending a lot more time together. I was like 23 at the time. And I feel like sometimes I was just like, everyone stop looking at me. <laughs> like, stop revolving around me, I guess. I can't speak to being younger when diagnosed. I was diagnosed pretty late in terms of everybody else, you know, with um, about 28, 27, 28. But I know that it has definitely, as I've striven for independence in my life, felt like this diagnosis perhaps made my my mother feel more of the maternal instinct of wanting to be here, wanting to do more things, wanting to do do what she can. And with COVID happening, it makes it extremely frustrating because I, I'm in a bubble because I'm actively going through treatment. So I'm in, you know, putting myself a bubble and it's extremely frustrating. It, it does tend to pull a little bit. Uh, I could definitely feel the little bit of the frustration that's going on. I can definitely relate to the idea of it being, while I'm a little bit older, the, the independence, the making my own way in the world and then having this occur. And then it is kind of now family is starting to be like, well, let, let me do this for you. Let me do this for you. Let me do this for you. And it's like, okay, well, I appreciate the concern, but um, I'm, I'm okay. Kind of shifting the conversation, this came up. I had a lovely phone call with um, Gus. And so this question kind of came up as he and I talked about whether or not the cancer diagnosis um, shook up the way you saw the world, like your, your bigger view. And you started to already talk about this kind of your perspective changes, but like kind of specifically, did your cancer experience change like your beliefs and ideas about how the world works kind of either on an existential level, philosophically, or even like um, from a faith tradition? That's a tough question because this, this age group is just that I think people would go through a lot of those shifts during this time frame anyway. So it's hard to know what's attributable to it or not. Because I definitely feel like I have had some some shift in views, but is that just because this is a time typically filled with change in your life anyway, or is it because of the diagnosis? So it's a very good question. I just I'm I'm not totally sure how to answer it. I know that I've always been the type of person that plans a week ahead, um, not usually one that's focused on the present and being aware of everything that's happening and being that. This diagnosis has made me live in the present and has forced me to live in the present and to accept for what it is. And I'm really actually grateful for that because it is something that I really have struggled with to be mindful, to be present. It has definitely caused me to, I have a lot of like searching and kind of looking at things differently. I think that definitely with something like this, it, you tend to look more at, you know, the big questions. And I think that it has caused me to do some like more research, more looking at more, you know, kind of discovering things for myself. I agree with Casey that I think that some of this stuff comes around this age anyway. But I think that, you know, it definitely, I would say, is, is magnified by, you know, the big questions. And I think that it really has kind of centered things and it has kind of centered me towards, you know, asking some questions and, and um, but living presently. Yes. Thank you, Lauren. That's, that's much better put. I guess, Shelly, as a short answer to your question, yes, just to what extent, I'm not totally sure. 
So I think Lauren put that great in a great way. So one of the things that you may have noticed is that other people are speaking kind of things that you would have said. I know that, you know, just watching on video, even though we're recording a podcast, so often I'm seeing heads nod. I do know that Gabby um, had that experience. She sent me a message to that because I asked if she wanted to jump in and and talk before she has to leave. And she's like, wow, these guys, you know, got it covered more or less. That's my interpretation of her message to me. I did want to invite Gabby just to reflect on for recording purposes. So Gabby said something like a year and a half, a year ago that like stuck with me. And I told her this earlier this week when we talked, um, she said, you know, as a teenager, I kind of just put my head down and wanted to get through it. And then found like afterwards that I had to go back and kind of sort through a lot of it because I didn't, I didn't deal with it during the time. And I've shared that with a lot of teenagers. I don't think that's uncommon. To put you on the spot, Gabby, but no obligation to talk. I wonder if you had a few words about that experience. Yeah. And what you said, Shelly, like I was pushing everything under the rug and trying to not have cancer like be my identity when I was 16. And it kind of caught up with me now because I do have like, you know, I've made a life for myself and everything. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that maybe I haven't like worked through because of um, how I pushed it away when I was young. So, and I love all the words that you guys are saying, by the way, like descriptive words that kind of do, they are similar to the words like brave, fighter, strong, but they're not like glamorizing it. They're being more real kind of. Nothing you're saying some really good stuff there, um, Gabby, because I remember when I was in my treatments, it was kind of like I was in this mode where I, I had to get through these treatments. So like the world around me kind of didn't exist. I mean, in a way you could say I was a little, I was definitely in a way like self-centered, but I think it was okay because at the time it was like I had to get through this chemotherapy and that's what I did. It probably wasn't until like a year afterwards I, I spent a lot of time thinking about being on like what it was like on treatment. And I guess what really made me think about it was probably afterwards when I found other patients who weren't as fortunate. That's something that kind of made me re-examine my life. I think surprisingly, like life after the treatment, that's probably when I thought more about cancer when I didn't have it. And it's something I guess to this day, I still think a lot about. And you kind of, in your head, you kind of go back and forth. There's a lot, a lot of mixed emotions. In a way, in my head, I feel like I'm still rambling through thoughts, trying to just, um, I guess trying to comprehend all of it. Yeah. For sure. I definitely, yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. I wish I would have processed all of these emotions like back then instead of letting it all like pile up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like sometimes I have to deal with like society because everyone tells you to be strong, always be positive, which is you're supposed to do, but at the same time that kind of causes like this form of denial where you're not you're not um you're not facing those emotions of like a little bit like maybe pity, depressed and anger. And I think in time that kind of creeps up on you, especially after treatment. I mean that's how it was for me when I was I guess I was because I was eighteen at the time. So I guess when I was older Afterwards, yeah. I mean, I, I was a little younger, so yeah. Yeah, I probably couldn't capture the experience any better than all these voices threading together to get at all these different facets. Once again, just really seeing um, heads nodding, which I will affirm on a podcast. If you're listening to this and you find your your head nodding, um, it's part of this is it's not personal, right? This is what happens when a young adult goes through the cancer experience and and, it, and it's normal. A, a lot of strange things can be actually normal and need to be sorted through. 
So like the final question that's on my list here is, is there anything that you wish that your friends, family, teachers, like the larger world knew more about your experience? And I think we've, we definitely have um, shared a lot of good things for them to be thinking about in this podcast. But more specifically, like, are there things that you wish they, they would do more of or less of? Either um, things they say, how they act, kind of a big, big question. Um, I'm curious if anybody has any answers for that one. I've been thinking a lot about this one, actually. I think it's a really good, I think somebody asked this question and I was like, I thought it was a, a really, a really interesting one. I think that for me, for friends to say, sometimes I just don't want to sit and talk about cancer. How about we talk about other things? <laughs> sometimes I just kind of want to do other things and I, you can acknowledge and be there for me without asking me about it because I kind of, I'm li- I live here. And I kind of want to, let's, let's talk about some other stuff um, as something that I think that'd be really, really good. And not pretending everything's normal, but think, talking about other things and um, what, what is, is, my, is my, my suggestion. Yeah, I would say that too, because I feel like, I mean, working at a bank, I feel like, like small talk is like what you do all day with people. Um, and so I feel like that's all, like my like diagnosis is always like the go-to conversation between like me and the customer it's like hey so like are you done with treatment or whatever like different stuff like that and i'm like uh-huh like i'd rather not talk about it like let's talk about the weather <laughs> or like something like that i found that when i was going through treatment people always wanted to know what they could do to help me and i was like i don't want your help i was like can you cure cancer for all okay so a big thing for me was seeing all the little kids. Okay, so this is kind of sad, but like one day I was I got admitted to the hospital and there was a kid that that was um in the room next to me. He woke up, I woke up in the middle of the night to hear him screaming cuz he was in so much pain and that just goes through my head all the time. But people are always like so when I was going through treatment they're like what can I do to help you and I'm like unless you can tell me that you can cure cancer for all those little kids, I don't want your help but it's how I felt at the time. And I still kind of feel that way now. I just wish people would realize that I am so grateful that you want to help and that you're trying to be there for me, but that's not the way to do it. Just, I want to hear about like what's going on in your life. Something that's like more positive than just, or something more interesting than me talking about how I sit in chemo and just either just watch a movie or like, I don't, I don't even remember what I did. There was probably, there was a lot of sleeping. That's what my life consisted of, sleeping and shamrock shakes. Yeah, you can definitely bring people shamrock shakes. That's always a good thing to do. That would be my one thing you should keep doing. I have to break in here and 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 share that this is legendary for Kayla because uh, the nurse coordinator that connected me with Kayla was just like, she loves shamrock shakes. Oh my gosh. Yes, Kayla. Yes. I count down the days until the shamrock shake comes out. On that note, were, were there foods or gifts that people brought that you were like, wow, this was just like, this was perfect. This is my version of the shamrock shake. For me, it was like a really big fluffy blanket, which was just like amazing because I would take it to the hospital like every time I would get admitted. And it was just like this one bright, comforting, fuzzy thing that was kind of a staple it's really nice. We certainly have given them a lot to think about tonight. One last chance for um, 
bits, tips and tricks, bits of wisdom earned the, the probably the hard way um, that you want to pass on. Recently, I discovered that chewing gum helps me because I get taste in my mouth from treatment that's awful. And I just thought that was just part of it. And then I realized that you can chew gum and the mint helps with uh, a lot of stuff. So that's my, that's my discovered on my second to last chemo <laughs> uh, thing that helps that it really, really has helped and keeps me from uh, feeling too sick. Better late than never. I think one thing that like I've realized lately, it's like, since like my hair has grown, grown out, I guess like substantially in the past couple months, like I'm kind of like at this point where I like, unless you knew me at the time, you won't like know what I went through. And so we were like talking about something at work and someone was like, oh, like, why's that? And I was like, I just had that moment. Like I just said, oh, like, something random. And I was like, oh, like they don't know unless you tell them. It was a weird moment, I guess. Yeah, certainly something to celebrate that first time you have that conversation and you're assuming that everybody knows that you're the cancer person. And then you realize by something they say that they don't know. And like you said, Emily, it's like, oh, I have to actually tell them they don't, they just don't assume this about me. Kind of what an interesting milestone to pass, right? Well, join next month um, to share kind of on a different topic. But this was a great conversation. Hey, everyone. Bye. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Have a good night. Good night. Great to good see everybody. Thanks for listening to Life on Pause. Ideas or suggestions for future episodes? Feel free to share them with us. Join us for the next recording on the third Tuesday of the month. Until, Until next time. time.